0: You're listening to audio from First Christian Church. To find out more about us or to donate to our ministries, visit firstabq.org. Matthew 9 35 through 36. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Well, hello, I'm Brady Bryce. I'm one of the ministers around here, and I am delighted that you've chosen to spend Easter morning here at First Christian. We welcome all of you and hope that you are able to celebrate the resurrection with us today. This morning, I want you to picture a Middle Eastern man with Dark skin, jet black hair, very intense, piercing eyes. No, not that one, not Jesus. Not, not someone in one of the Dune movies, not a, a Star Wars character. This is a different one. This guy was from Anathoth, named Jeremiah, seven, eight hundred years before Jesus. And he was given this message. I picture him kind of at the top of a mountain, overlooking a valley. And the message that he got was this, stand at the crossroads and look, look for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Most of you know that our family loves to hike. In fact, we were hiking last night. We love getting out in the outdoors, getting those scenic views, fresh air, being able to hold Donna's hand, give Lizzie a hard time as we walk. It's just, it's good to be outside. And and if you get up like we did last night, up Cedar, near where Tramway is, you're able to look, and you can take in the valley. And you can see all kinds of paths. You can see paved paths like Paseo or like Tramway as it bends all the way down to 25. You can perhaps make out people and cars and where they travel, or if you look close, you can look along the mountainside and see where animals travel, or where power lines have been cut across the mountain to bring power up or down the mountain. And so these ancient words are actually pretty good. When when you get to these crossroads of life, it's a good time to stand and to look, to find a true road a well-traveled road, one that's ancient, one that's worth following. Well, our our metaphor for this series that begins today and concludes next week is of walking. Walking. Walking in the sense of conducting your life. Whenever we talk about our walk, we're talking about our behavior, our our way of of acting in the world. And for me, I'm, I'm pretty fascinated with how anybody chooses to make sense of life. What is it that makes them choose one road over another? It's it's really a question of curiosity to me. And sometimes that's related to God. People will will talk about and be oriented to God, and other times it's not based upon God at all. At one level, all of us has a God. We have a spirituality, a walk, a reason why we choose who we're gonna love or what we're gonna spend our money on or or what we want to do with our time, we make these decisions on our own. And that system could be intentional. It could be totally erratic, based upon logic or based upon feelings and whims. But we all have this path that we're on, this walk that we're traveling. And I think historically people have done a lot of focusing in on God as a means of suggesting that. In fact, here, here's even an image. We've we've seen this supposed uh, uh, picture of what Jesus, of what life is like for human history, right? Are we able to see this? We we know this one, right? Supposedly from monkey all the way up. But I, I looked, and there's another advanced silhouette. So we'll go one more slide, where the upright man becomes the phone walking to eventually hunched over. I mean, right? Isn't this kind of happening? Where what we're doing to try to make sense of our life is more and more right in the palm of our hands in our phones. In fact, we do a lot of Googling to find our information. Alexa this, Siri that. I don't know how many times I go to YouTube to figure out how to repair something on my home. Maybe you've gone there to learn something about history or how to apply makeup or how to find someone to date. If you've got questions in life, Google has answers. More than you can even get through. More than you can scroll through. You get what you need to. And so how, in all this information, are we to make sense of our life? Because it's not so much a a matter of finding information. We can find information. But how do you find good information? Is it Instagram? Snapchat? Is it Twitter? Is it CNN? Fox? MSNBC? Where do we find information that we can rely upon? So in my desire to kind of wonder what people are Googling, you could check out Google Trends. Now that's a real rabbit hole. It's really hard to, to, to find out clear information from there, but it's interesting to see what people search for. And so I looked last year at what the top how-to questions were for 2021. And it was, how do I qualify for a stimulus check? How can I become more attractive? How can I be happy and alone? How can I be a baddie? You'll have to get someone very young to explain that one to you. And no judgment here, but the next one is, how to be a good boyfriend. I don't know why boyfriend is ahead of girlfriend. I'm not going to make any speculation there. But if you look at what people are looking at, none of that is really about God. And I have to wonder if maybe our go-to situation for information, for guidance in our life, has changed. Where we can orient our lives around a search that originates from me and even centers in on me. Well, this is what I'm interested in, is how we can walk in this life. And that's what this series is about. And, and you might look at me and cross your arms and say, Brady, I've been walking my whole life. I don't need any help from you. Doing just fine, thank you. I can handle this. That's, that's fine. I, I'm not intending to give you advice today. My intent today is to lay out two paths for you, to lay out two options, so that you can compare it to your own life, Two ways of thinking so that you can assess your own life. Well, here we are on Easter Sunday in a church, so you probably know where I'm going to go with the first one. One way that you could choose to order your life is by the life of Jesus. The passage that Amanda read to us gives us a really simple and concise description of what Jesus did and what he was about in this world. In fact, I don't know if you caught it, but in the very first line it says, Jesus walked around. He traveled about. He was among the people. Jesus is not some king that's up on a wall looking down. He's not a ruler behind bulletproof glass or surrounded by security. Jesus is with people. And he went about speaking messages of good news. Messages where God is available to you. Not mediated to you by a holy person or only in holy places or by saying just the right secret words, but God Himself available to you, His kingdom and His reign in your life. He cured people, healed them of diseases. You want to draw a crowd? That'll work. Help cure them of their ailments and their physical issues. That will do it. And then He spoke and He preached and He had compassion upon the people. He looked at them and saw, man, they've got a lot of bad leaders out there. And he wanted to provide that leadership for them. Well, you can see in just this short little summary, that's not really a story at all, why Jesus is so appealing. People like Jesus. They're not threatened by this one that brings good news, that cures people. Here at First Christian, what our mission is, is to follow Jesus. That's what we're about. In the same way Jesus was going out into the world, we're going out in the world with Jesus, being present with Jesus. Our our mission of following Jesus is something that defines who we are. All the people that are here, that are connected with FIRST, have made a commitment that Jesus is going to be their friend, their companion. The one that they're going to take guidance from and direction from. And as they travel this life, it's a life that's traveled with Jesus. Someone that daily is with us to guide us in the path. Being with him. Doing what Jesus did. Going where Jesus went and saying the very things of Jesus. Okay, now that was not surprising, is it? Again, it's Easter Sunday. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We know this is our story. It's the other story that I want us to think about. An alternate for you. An alternate way of living that I want to propose to you. And it brings us to our our friend Paul. Now this is not alternate in the sense of, let me give you another religion, of Buddhism or Islam or a philosophy or capitalism. It's not alternative in those sense. This is a way of living your life that's about you. You. You're the one that dictates it. If you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, that's where I'm going to spend my time today. And in verse 2 of chapter 2, Paul says, We once walked according to the course of this world. Now your version might say lived, but the word is literally walked. We once walked following the course of this world, wherever it takes us. You know, that's the way a lot of us are. We're in the boat. We're going along with the current. We're paddling somewhere, wherever it might take us. What might be on the horizon, ah, it doesn't matter because we're in the boat and we're traveling along. In fact, if we had a trail map, that map would just be where our heart leads us, where desires lead us. So that leads us into love or into marriage. It leads us into jobs or money. We we get to spend our money the way we want to spend our money. In fact, we find ourselves trying to outdo one another. It's just a life that's very much focused in on the self. Now, here in this passage, I want you to catch it in context. So I'm going to read to you verse 1 through verse 5. It's real brief. As Paul writes to the Greeks, You were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once lived, following the course of this world, following the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit that's now in work in those that are disobedient. All of us once lived among them in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of our flesh and our senses. And we were by nature children of wrath, like everyone else. But, but God, who's rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. These words describe to us what this life is like in in graphic detail, following the course of this world, following our passions wherever they might take us. Now, when we hear these words, trespasses and sins and being dead in them, Sometimes we get a little tone deaf. We think about sins in terms of just a list of a bunch of moral failures, a whole big list of no-nos. But I want you to think of sin more in the literal sense, of missing the mark, of not reaching that ideal of what you're called to, or of a trespass where you cross into an area that's not as safe, not as good for you. Because if you and I think about our lives, all of us, have a past. We have failures, we have mistakes, we have ways that we haven't even lived up to our own ideals. Is that not the case? I mean, is your life not a cluttered pile of oh, I wish I would have. Do you have a cluttered pile of that in your life? I wish I would have done that. Maybe we're organized into two cluttered piles. I wish I would have and I wish I never would have. That's about as much organization as there is. We can acknowledge that we have made mistakes, that we've turned our lives in ways that wouldn't even satisfy us. And we, according to Paul, can feel the sense of deadness or the meaninglessness that's there. Because a lot of times when we chase these things, like money or art or a lover or some type of fame, we get tired. These things get dense in them. They leave us, or maybe we never really find them. Several weeks ago, I called this zombie-like living, where our minds are checked out. We're just dead bodies walking through our existence, and that's how Paul characterizes it. In many ways, what we're doing whenever we make these mistakes and get defined by them is we're attaching ourselves to forces That are opposed to God. Whenever you and I attach ourselves to these forces that work against God we're attaching ourselves to death because God is the giver of life and when we attach ourselves to God we're being attached to life and any other force leads us directly to death. And so what I would say to you is that desire is a really bad master. If we give the executive center of our being over to desire, it will destroy us. It will bring us to our end. And I'm not saying that a desire is bad. All of us have desires. They simply exist. We don't know why they're there. They're just there. We're not saying they're bad, but that desire, if given the reins of our life, will wreck us. And so Paul gives us a different master in verse 4 and 5 verse 4 and 5, he talks about God. Being a God not like the God that you're used to. Judgmental God. A God of your past. A God who maybe hasn't shown up in the ways that you want God to show up. No, this is a God that makes us alive together with Christ. A God that gives us grace when we really don't deserve any. A God who shows us love when we've not been showing love to others a god who acknowledges as his child whenever people look at this god sometimes they think they want nothing to do with this god because they look at this god and they see i don't know that you've shown up in the way that you should show up in this world god god you have not you've allowed suffering you've not intervened in the way that we want you to suffer and what about all that worship stuff god are you so insecure, God, that you just need our worship all the time? What kind of a being demands you and I to worship? Folks, God does not require that you worship. He didn't, he didn't make you so that you would worship him. That's not what your purpose is. In fact, the, the writer C.S. Lewis has a quote, and I, as he deals with the problem of, of suffering, of how God could have a world where there's pain and difficulty. I want you to look at the bold part of this. Well, it's, it's fairly small. If you look at the bold part, this is what C.S. Lewis writes. We were made not primarily that we may love God, although that's what we're made for too, but that God might love us and that we might become objects in which the divine love may rest Well, please. God doesn't need our worship. He's not dependent upon our worship at all. God made us not so that we would just worship and adore Him. He made us to love us. That's the true and living God. That's the God that Paul writes about here. Where in verse 5, we are made alive together with Christ. In verse 4, where we're shown this love and mercy from God. God made us in order to love us. Okay, so what does this look like? How do we get very concrete and practical? Because I want you to walk out of here today with steps, with things that you can try out. And I know that some of you may be just trying this out, testing out what it is to walk with Jesus. So here, here are three things that you can do. Three steps. And the first step is to recognize that we have made mistakes. That some things in our life are dead. This is not too hard to do. To own up to some of those things, maybe we've taken a wrong turn in relationships that have failed. Maybe we've taken a wrong turn in careers or in how we've acted in our family or with other people. We need to own those errors, those mistakes. Those cul-de-sacs that we've turned into that provide great frustration. This is where we acknowledge that we've sinned. We've missed the mark of even our ideal, let alone what we think God's ideal is. We've trespassed into areas that will, will harm us rather than help us. Owning our failure. Okay, that's the first step. We're owning that we've made mistakes. The second one is to reach out beyond ourselves. To go beyond who we are and what we understand and seek the God who wants to make you alive in Christ. To recognize that you don't walk alone and that you never have to walk alone without this knowledge that God loves you and wants to live with you. You have a God that if you will reach out to this God, it's greater than any past God that you've had. Any false gods that you've had, the ways that we've been taught by religion or or by a picture of a vindictive God in the sky, is not the God that's described here by Paul, who loves us and is rich in mercy and is always showing us grace. Okay, so we're claiming something beyond ourselves. That's the second one. The third one is that we would follow Jesus. Here on this day, let me just tell you, it's a historical fact that Jesus lived. There's no way around it. You can't disprove that, that Jesus lived, that he was executed, and something happened. Bringing Jesus back to life, I don't care who you are, we have to attest to the fact that something radical transpired that has forever changed the globe. It's changed our lives. That historical fact is inescapable and Christ is risen. Now our mission, our mission to follow Jesus here at First Christian that I talked about earlier is not a cheesy business statement mission. We're not trying to get you to where we can separate you from your money. We're not trying to control you or manipulate you. Our mission is given to you free of charge. You can take it out that door and use it and not be here again. Now, we invite you to to travel along this life with us because that's who we are. We're a group of people traveling together of trying to follow Jesus. We're wanting to live our lives with Christ, to think about our money, to think about our family, to think about the way that we do our lives together with Christ. And that looks like the four things that we say so regularly of being everywhere with Jesus, whether that's going into a grocery store or our school, or our cubicle, we are not going alone. We're going with Jesus with us. We are doing the very things that Jesus did. That could be intimidating. We look at just a few of the things that Jesus did, the compassion that he showed, and I'm inviting you into that life, that life of love and compassion. Or maybe when you're at some of those crossroads in your life, you step back and, think what's going to generate the most love in this situation what can i do that's going to make the best good out of this relationship try that on say be do and say now we didn't go a lot into the words that jesus said perhaps you're interested and curious i would encourage you to pick up the gospel of mark it's the shortest one so if you want a quick one where you can get through it and see what jesus did and said mark's a great place If you're one that likes, I don't know, uh, part one, part two, Luke would be a beautiful place to begin. Luke's gospel shows us Jesus, and then what happens after Jesus ascends to heaven? What the life of the Spirit looks like in church? That would be a good place to go, to see those things that Jesus said. Go. Some of you have made that risk today. You've gone to church. You've come to an uncomfortable place. Maybe you know some of the smiles that are here, and maybe they're all strange. You've taken that risk. You're preparing yourself to go into places where Jesus will take you. Well, this journey of life with Jesus, those are, those are things that you could do. of Recognizing that you've made mistakes, reaching out to someone beyond you, and following and traveling your life with Jesus. Where we're going to be going in this series is where this direction takes us. If we're to walk with Jesus, if we're alive with God, what's the aim of that? What's the purpose of that life? And I'll give you a little teaser. Next week, and as we close this out, uh, I got to thinking about the difference between a path and a trail. They seem like the same to me, right? Where if you click the little synonym button, you'd get path or trail. And I I thought about paths, you know, they're, they're kind of Paved. You know, maybe they're a little more tame, maybe a little wider. And a trail, when I think about a trail, I, I think it's a little bit more rustic, a little more woodsy. Maybe it's a, a narrower trail, right, where it's, you're trying to find your way. And, and that's true. But I want to think about the difference between path and trail in terms of direction. Because if you think about it, a path extends out in front of you. A path is where you are going. A trail in its most basic sense is something that you leave behind after you. Maybe it's a footprint, maybe it's a broken branch, disturbed earth, droppings. We follow trails of where something has been. It extends backwards. In fact, think about it in this way. Would you rather be in the path of a charging rhino or the trail of a charging rhino. Do you see the difference there? So what we're gonna be talking about as we close this out next week is where we're going, what it means to be in a path. Where is this one heading? And I can tell you today that what I want you to be thinking about is life with Jesus. Not that you have to follow some mysterious footprints of someone that you can't know, not that you're looking forward to somewhere where you don't know where you're going. I want you to think about right now today how you're living your life and how you might live it with Jesus. I want you to get to the high places of your life and stand and and look around. Look at all the paths that are out there that are available to you, the ancient paths, and ask around what the good path is. And then... Choose that path, walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks that you are a God who is with us, not far removed from us, but with us. So we ask for your presence in each one of our lives as we look at how we make sense of the confusion that is around us, how we make the decisions and choices in our lives, that will truly take some time to look at the paths that are out there. Father, we thank you for the life that we have in Jesus, for the opportunity to live with you, full of the Holy Spirit. And we invite you to do that with us this day and this week, through Jesus who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.